2: Yo, know I have better call somebody. It's me. It's me. It's that BIGT, and I'm rolling once again
0: with that H-O-O-P.
2: All right, it is time once again for another edition of the Print Factory. Special edition this time, actually. Hoop's not here. He bailed out on me. I don't know what he's doing. He's freaking cleaning the house or something for Thanksgiving, like only Hoop can do. But. I might have even raised the stakes a little here because we got two absolute legends in here with me. CSU Ram and Wilson, the, the Wilson goat. So we're stepping up to the plate here for a little Thanksgiving, uh, print factor here where we got, we're going to talk about the three games tomorrow, obviously. And the, the big news all week has been this lineup sharing deal where if you're on Twitter at all, if you're in the DFS industry at all, you've probably seen stuff going back and forth between a lot of people and we're we're gonna dive into that but guys what's going on pete how you doing tonight
3: i'm doing well uh hoping the heat can make a little bit of a comeback here but thrilled to be on here with finney wilson goat the guy's an all-time legend uh yeah excited to chat with you boys about thanksgiving wilson what's up man
4: well you guys uh you guys called me out of the bullpen i'm uh I'm at my mom's house right now, big family uh get together and we kind of stand the festivities on uh wednesday night and uh I'm good I'm real good actually
2: we we Looking haven't thought since it. the old game of Thrones i mean it's been a while since the game of Thrones we we were doing on here
4: yeah we had a fun uh n b a playoffs and game of Thrones season that was uh that was a really fun two months
2: profitable too i mean every time i see this guy give a winner on twitter like randomly it'll be like a friday night at like 9 p.m and i'll just see like we're gonna take freaking utah state or who was the team the one night you threw some just random team out there that i just blasted and it was just they were up like 35 to 7 at halftime i mean this guy hasn't picked a loser since like 97 pete
3: i mean wilson go that's what that's what we call him the guys all time uh yeah there's 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 a lot of gems out there, and uh, hopefully we can get some of these Thanksgiving games right. Um, we got some news, uh, but we'll dive into those games in a little bit. I, I definitely want to hit on this lineup sharing topic.
2: So let's just dive right into it. Just those of you that don't know what's been going on, the last couple of weeks, first of all, all season in NFL, NBA, the pricing has been pretty bad, in my opinion, to where people that play, first of all, I should clarify, too, I'm not a cash player. Pete and Wilson, these guys are, are cash game legends. I can give insight from someone that's not even involved in the situation, even remotely, like I'm not involved in it. But I've been firing some bullets a little bit in there because it just doesn't make sense to me. But basically, getting to the point of it, there's people out there upset, including Jeff Manns of Guru Elite that has a pretty big voice in the industry, too, a big following, does the XM radio, the fantasy. Similar to what we do at Roto Grinders, but has a he has a big name in the industry and a big following, and he's getting all these people riled up talking about lineup sharing. I might add the quote too that he had in here. We might add it add it in afterwards, but basically saying that there's 30 or 40 people pooling lineups and splitting their money and doing crap like that, and it's just not even remotely true. But let me get CSU's opinion. Like I said, he's a huge cash game player. Both these guys are. Let's get his opinion on it. Pete, what's up?
3: Yeah, I think it's a it's been a hot topic uh, for the industry for a long time. And uh, this week uh, on FanDuel, you know, there's a team that was just super popular across all cash game formats. Uh, you know, if you're looking at projections at some of those popular sites uh, out there, you know, Roto Grinders, Fantasy Labs, Daily Roto, wherever you're, you know, Fantasy Crunch, where you're getting projections, uh, a lot of them were pointing to, uh, you know, a specific type of build. And, of course, on Sunday, you know, a huge percentage of lineups and cash games uh, from a lot of different people, uh, you know, was this one team. I had a one v one-off that of I chose Kareem Hunt over uh, Miles Sanders, but the team just, you know, that was my optimal team. And, uh, obviously, you know, it's awful for if you're playing that team in, like, three-mans, five-mans. Uh, it's clearly negative EB to be having that team in, in that format or tournaments. And that was the case, like this same lineup that everyone's so upset about in 50 fifties, like a lot of people just had that in tournaments as well, which is, which is great if you're competing against that. Um, you know, and, and Jeff went really into this. I went on his radio shows, happy that he, he had me on so we could talk about it. I think Jeff is genuinely confused about how obvious of a lineup this was to like, especially the cash game players. Now, I mean, you know, in 2019, we're here where, you know, players have gotten so much better collectively. We've seen that in, in all formats, but especially cash games now, like those games are, are tougher than they've ever been. So the people who have survived and are playing them, of course, are going to have a, a similar process. So, uh, I think that's the big confusion for Jeff is specifically uh, on this last week, but the whole situation is, is a nuanced one that's a big challenge. And the hypocritical thing to me, is you know Jeff is a big content provider and he's giving out a ton of different picks and they're talking about the best plays and I've seen guru elite people have the same lineups and there's i mean a lot of the guys of that 40 people too like clearly aren't working together aren't talking it's just random that, not even random it's at the same line because there's a clear lineup for a lot of people so um i just think there's a lot of hypocrisy hypocrisy here i think the you know 40 people pooling money is just so far from the truth and uh yeah there's a lot more but i want to get wilson goat in here to add some commentary
2: just to clarify one more thing too before wilson jumps in like a lot of these people too which was getting me mad originally we're coming after like roto grinders like there's roto grinders logos all over it and implying that roto grinders is somehow sending out this lineup to everyone and we're all pulling our money together and it just couldn't literally couldn't be further from the truth but wilson what do you got on this yeah, I saw the uh, I saw that tweet
4: chain or whatever going around about the Roto Grinders Syndicate, which I just think, which I thought was really funny. Um, I you know what what I guess the problem that I have with this whole controversy is, is that immediately when people start accusing people of pulling their pulling their resources, colluding together, it, I see people that they accuse us of, and immediately I start looking at my. My history, my results, which I can go and check, and immediately I see that I'm playing high stakes three mans with these with the exact same people that they're accusing of colluding. And uh, as a matter of fact, in the last couple of weeks, I've had some people uh, reach out to me on private message on Twitter, saying, asking me, I wouldn't say they're even upset with me, but asking me if I'm um, if I'm in some sort of chat group or colluding with uh, with hoop and NBA because there has been uh twice in the last couple weeks we've ended up on the same cash lineup and i just immediately linked him to uh both nights to three mans that both of us were in both nights we lost and both nights we were playing you know uh we were giving another player you know basically two to one on their money because we had the same lineup and obviously you know if we were working together we wouldn't be putting the same lineup in a five thousand dollar three man um but not just that i mean i see it all the time with um other high stakes player i mean You know, people accuse Empire Maker of colluding with this person and that person. And once again, I can just go look at my results and see them competing each other in three mans and five mans. I really don't think they would be entering those contests. Uh, I mean, that just, that's insane. Now, I I do realize that some people do work together, um, but I think the idea of people pooling their money in some sort of syndicate format or hedge fund format or whatever they're saying I, You have to ask yourself what the upside of that is. And I can't, I can't really figure out what you get by doing that. Um, I made a sarcastic tweet about how the lot of the DFS godfather, you know, his only requirement is that you have to, everyone has to put their lineup in the same contest. Um, and if you really think about it, um, I, you know, it just, really, if you just kind of work through it, it doesn't make any sense that people would, would pool their money. Um, I, I don't know. I don't understand why people just can't use a little more critical thinking and and think through this. Um, you know, I, I don't know that that's, that those are, those are the thoughts that cross through my brain when I, when I see this controversy and obviously I kind of take it from a sarcastic point of view because I don't worry about it and I don't really care that much about it. Um, when I lose in DFS, which is all the time, I just, Tend to think it's because I'm stupid, not because someone else is cheating me. So, you know that that that's that's my thought process.
2: So, my, my opinion, just from the outside, like like I said, I clarified coming in, and that's why I think I can give an opinion on it because I don't. I, I've never said I'm like the best player in the world. I've never considered myself that. These guys are way better than me. CSU Wilson, Hoop Empire, all these guys are the best cash players in the world. I'm not comparing myself to them at all. But it upsets me when there's just dumb things being thrown out there like 40 people are playing the same. It just doesn't make any sense. These guys are not doing it. I know all these guys, and I just hate when there's stuff out there, especially from Mans, because like I said, I do respect his his content side of things where he's built a huge base up. He has a huge following. I respect that. I really do, and I told him that. I don't respect – him as a player that much. I don't think he he doesn't even play anymore, but that's beside the point. It doesn't even matter in this case anyways. But when he just keeps piggybacking this story, it gets all of his people fired up, makes them think something's there that's not. And then all of a sudden you're like defending yourself for weeks when it shouldn't even be a story. Like Jeff is smart enough to realize that this is just, it's not possible. Sure. There's two, three, even like five man groups that talk all day make teams together, end up on the same team 90% of the time, whatever. That's a whole different story than 40. And that's not against the rules anyways. You should be talking with people about lineups. You should be working through stuff together. Uh, First of all, Pete, what what do you think of this? Obviously you've talked to tons of people in your time, even way back. You used to talk to like primetime or whatever his name was. You've talked to so many different people. You've been around the industry from the beginning, like, What's the deal with just talking with small groups? How do you think that relates to this?
3: Yeah, I think it's a very nuanced thing. And and certainly there's an optics challenge, which, uh, you know, um, like you mentioned about Jeff, he's definitely been in the industry for a long time. And anyone who's, you know, tried to build up fantasy sports and daily fantasy. And uh, obviously that's a good thing. And I really appreciated Jeff having me on the radio show, uh, you know, and being professional about that. But the, the problem I have with this whole situation is that, he's spreading this narrative that people are being cheated and it's, you know, there's so like, basically the way DFS has gone now, like the content's gotten better. The tools have gotten better. The projections have gotten better. Everyone's using optimizers now or the majority of people are doing it. So, you know, there's tons of Slack channels. Um, you know, a lot of these really high end content providers have, you know, Discord chats or, you know, rotor grinders has that obviously uh, Slack chats and people are talking lineups and plays all the time. So it's, it's really hard to distinguish, um, you know, what should be allowed, what shouldn't be allowed, you know, what is a problem. The only thing I see from this that, that is interesting is the optics challenge. And I think the big issue with last week was the pricing on FanDuel. You look at DraftKings, you know, a lot of the same players are in 50-50s, and there was no train of, you know, 40 of the same lineups. There's a lot of diversified lineups because the pricing was tough and people had to make decisions. Uh, with the soft pricing, that's where people all land on that lineup. And I get the optics are bad for a lot of these new players, but that's just the challenge we're facing in DFS now. And I think one benefit of all this stuff is like talking with people about fantasy and having that community and building relationships. Like some of my best friends have come from fantasy, like getting to talk with you boys. This is fun. Um, so I think the camaraderie of like fantasy is definitely a good thing, but uh the nature of cash games and where things are going. Yeah. People are getting on much, you know, they're, they're on similar combinations. I mean, I've seen this year, like plays in NBA. I mean, Finney, I'm sure you've seen it too. Like, you know, Aaron Holiday's first game playing with like Brogdon out or like some of these players that, you know, would have been 30, 40% in the past are now like 95% up. Everyone's gotten so much better. And there's been a huge convergence in cash game for the plays. So uh last comment, I think tournaments will continue to grow. I think that format uh, is more enticing for the casual fan. I think you know, a lot of these optics problems aren't there and cash games are just gonna to continue to get harder. But definitely want uh, more more insight from Finney. Yeah, well yeah, Wilson, what that, do you think?
4: Well I mean I think that uh I think Peter's right. I mean when you when you think about sort of the Well well first of all what what are you saying about what Jeff said on the radio. I, I don't I and obviously you know he had an opinion and that's fine, but really you know, when you want to fan the flames of a controversy that's not real, I think that it's, you know, a little bit reckless just because you don't, the, the industry doesn't need, you know, bad mm. news just, just for no reason. But what I would just implore people to, to think about, you know, just sort of from outside looking in is that, you know, this lineup sharing, even if it was true that 40 people are sharing lineups, which they're not, or, or some sort of syndicate. It's really not something to, to be fearful of. Um, you know, I, I, I guess you can run into a situation in a hundred man double up, or maybe it, you know, maybe, may, maybe it causes a problem in, in that specific situation. But man, I, I tell you, like, uh, we had a situation a few weeks ago, uh, on DraftKings, you know, it was a 12 man, it was a 12 man Thunderdome and like four, four different guys had the same lineup. Um, and luckily that night, I was one of the ones that had that, that read up. I mean, what a great situation I was in. Um, I mean, I'm sitting there playing now, basically in a seven or eight man Thunderdome and I'm basically playing, you know, with 20,000 free dollars in there. And I mean, these are the kind of situations that, you know, I get excited about. As a matter of fact, I've started thinking about it and Peter, I don't know what you think about this, but a few people have asked me about this. In cash games, if you think that there's going to be a very common lineup, and, I, and what I would contend, this is what Peter was just talking about, there's four or five kind of locks every night in the NBA, uh, and it may be like that on FanDuel in the NFL, which I don't do a lot of. So you're you're basically looking, probably at the end of the night, you're looking at three to six lineups that are actually in play. If you are using an optimizer, if you're you know spending just a little bit of money to be informed on what the projections are, um, but if, if your number one optimal lineup, say, is 290 points, and you can just sort of, from experience, look at it and just be like, you know what, this is going to be a really popular lineup. Peter, do you think that it actually makes sense to take your number two lineup, which, say, is 289 points or 288.5 points or whatever it may be, and let's just assume that you're spread across 50-50s, maybe some head-to-heads. I do a lot of three-mans because I, I, I like three-mans. I mean, what, what, do you, what, what would be your recommendation on that? I mean, even in cash games, can you come off the optimal, or do you think that you just have to still let everyone else make the mistake of not playing the best team?
3: Yeah, and it becomes a lot of game theory, too. It's a great question, and I think in three-mans, five-mans, you absolutely have to do what you can to be unique. And, you know, with some opponents, you know what they're going to do, too. And, and some of the guys who play the highest volume – uh, Who've had a ton of success, I mean, I'll, you know, Empire specifically, like he's always just played what he thinks is optimal. And, you know, that wor- has worked extremely well for him. And, um, you know, if people know that you're going to do that, other smart guys, then they'll, you know, basically he can force them to have to do something different. Um, and there's a couple other guys that I think definitely do that. Oh, right. Uh, Empire and, will never come off the best team, even if he's, right.
4: he's not worried about game theory one bit.
3: Well, and he's also just established that. And he's, you know, obviously had a ton of success. And um I think, you know, that's historically how I've tried to play it almost all the time. I do that, but, you know, looking through my results, uh, you know, in leagues I've done really well, but I I've done actually pretty bad, especially over the last couple of years, on like one K plus three mans. And that's because I've had the same lineup a lot. Uh, I've actually broken down those results. So the same thing can be said for five mans and, You know, I noticed that this week a lot of the three and five men's. You know, the one nice thing if you're playing those games is that lineup was like, you know, and some of them. There's a five man that I played where every single person at that lineup except for one person I played something a little different. Um, so it's it's pretty it's pretty wild. Uh, what's going on right now? Uh, in the industry, and I think depending on the game type, you absolutely have to do what you can to be unique. Um, and you know, the 50 50s, I think. You should probably just still play the optimal uh, given the nature of the payout. But uh, to your question, I think, Peter, I, I think in ge- in general, the other formats you absolutely should. Uh, well, head to head, I think. And I think
4: what's, too. One thing I think is interesting, and, and I know this is going to sound like it's not a coincidence, but I think it is. I mean, Peter, when you look at, when you look at three or four lineups at the end of the night before you submit your cash team on FanDuel, say for NBA, there might be three or four teams that are all basically projecting exactly the same based on your projections. But Mm -hmm. don't you think that there's – when you look at those three or four teams, even though they're projecting the same, you can point to the lineup that you think will be the most popular? Of course. I mean, just because these different players have different characteristics. I mean, just because everyone's projecting the same – You know, we're talking about median projections, but there's people – the floors on these guys are different, and you can just look at certain situations. And, I mean, I I can think of – I can think of this over the last couple weeks with me, a lot of times, like, Shy, what's his name? Shy Gilgis Alexander um, for Oklahoma City. He's been projecting really well. But that's just not a guy that I think people really want to play in cash games. First of all, this is the first year where he's been sort of the lead guy on the team. He's really scoring dependent. Yes, he's been projecting for five-and-a-half or six times his salary but I've just been pretty confident that people weren't going to play him on their main team. And at the end of the night, you know, he may be on the optimal lineup on Daily Roto or whatever side it may be, but, like, you just sort of know when you're kind of a a feel thing. Like, he's not going to be on that lineup. So, I don't know. I just think that a lot of times we all kind of end up in the same place. And it's just – I know people don't believe this, but, like, a lot of times I can – I'll pull up, a, a you know, the Thunderdome or a 10-man 1K double-up, and I'll see Hoops line up or I'll see Empires line up. And I, I've already seen that lineup. I mean, I, I know what it is. I mean, I've considered it or I've got it or it's just – I don't know. I mean, it's a little bit hard to explain, but it's really not – it's it, it just – it doesn't. It doesn't surprise me at all that so many times people end up on very similar lineups in cash games.
3: Especially this last week ban on Fanduel, it was just like the most like. And that this is the funny part is they don't think it's obvious. And now that's a joke. Oh, this is so obvious. But if you look at just like projections around the industry and some of the pricing, like you're just the way rosters are built, it led to that. And that's why so many people had it. Like that's just you know the argument that it was obvious is that yes, people that clearly aren't working together don't talk together you know, might not even be in the same echo chamber, might not even be using the same projections, still land on that lineup. Um, And, yeah, I I think that's where we're at with uh, all these games now. It's just – And, by the way, I will
4: just say that I think a very big edge right now in DFS, and you you have to have the bankroll to do it, and you have to have sort of the balls to play in it. But I really think one of the best things to do if you're a sharp player is to play in these extremely small field, high-dollar GPPs. I'm talking about 10, 20 – 30, 40-man GPPs, if you can have a great cash lineup and then you can make a 2v2 alteration off of it into a slightly lower-owned combination or, you know, a very low-owned combination, a 2v2, a 3v3, maybe even the situation like you had, Pete, where you went to hunt over... Um, uh, over. Uh, the guy for- and I what do, I just yeah.
3: moved... I played Baker last week, too. The team was met with Matt Ryan... And, you know, just switching to like Baker Mayfield was a big, you know, there's a couple of little, yeah. little things that you could do that you're giving up maybe a smidge of, of projection, but you're clearly going to be unique.
4: There will be guys in these, um, like in the Thunderdome NBA, there'll be guys that are 25% owned in the $8 or $15 or $44 GPP. But in the 10 or 12 or 20 man Thunderdome, you're the only one that's got them because basically people are putting in their cash lineups and the guy is not a cash game option. And so, but he's a great GPP play, but you're basically going to get him at no ownership, or maybe there's one other team that's got him. And so, you know, I would, I, you know, uh, the, I know that there's sort of the mass multi-entry strategy and then there's the cash strategy, but somewhere in between that, I think there's an opportunity to play in these small field GPPs where people more or less are playing their cash lineups.
3: Yeah, that's something I need to be better at, too. I mean, I think the reason I had to, you know, uh, obviously my, my ROI's have been trending down relatively. Uh, You know, initially in the industry, I could just play my cash game lineups and my whatever I thought was best, and it was relatively low owned. And, you know, those were my best tournament lineups back in the day. And still now, I, you know, a lot of my my good wins have come from something that's similar to my cash games. But one area I certainly need to improve is figuring out how to, you know, Still maintain a high projection while just gaining a little bit of uniqueness. And that's what some of the best players have done. And there's been a huge edge in that in tournaments. And, uh, that's just the nature of the way DFS is going. And I think, you know, it's, I'm, I'm proud of being able to survive in these cash games. And, uh, you know, I definitely want to get better at tournaments, but what you're talking about, uh, Wilson is, 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 is a big, big thing that the best players in the world now are, are doing a great job of. And they're making a lot of money in tournaments.
2: Yeah, I, I think just from my side of things on the tournament, I, I I agree completely with what Wilson's saying. I mean, that's been my strategy for a while now where guys like Hoop, guys like Empire, guys like you guys, like they don't even look at the tournaments. They just make the best team, jamming in every single tournament, and that's just what they do, which is fine, and that's how they're the best in the world. That's how they make money. But when I know that, especially in, like, baseball, I mean, baseball more than other sports even. Absolutely. Most, They'll still do it in baseball, and I can get a stack in there against them that's not near optimal. But when my stack goes off, I'm going to take first place every time. I, I couldn't agree more, Wilson. Like, there's just so well, so much Well, The stack might not be optimal,
4: but the projection is, you know, probably just fractions of a point <laughs> less than what
2: the uh, optimal lineup is. On a one-day sample, too, where anything can happen. Like, yeah. it's just – it's crazy to me. And that's one of the reasons I get so mad about this debate, though, because – I agree with you in Cash. Like, if you know everyone is going to play that team, you're never comfortable about every single play on a team like Pete did last week. Sub to Baker and Hunt instead of those two. Like, just a little change like that with two guys that are super close, maybe not quite as good of plays, I, I just – I couldn't agree more with that. It's just such a good point. Yeah, it's well, a way
3: that – sorry. Go ahead, Go ahead. I was just going to say, I mean, that's the way the industry is going. And what we were just talking about, like the frustrating part about all of this is that, you know, these people aren't even working together. They're not talking lineups. A lot of people are just ending up on similar lineups because people have a similar process. And like when the pricing's really bad, that's the big thing that happened last week. And that's happened a ton on FanDuel specifically this year is they haven't adjusted pricing. And there's just locks like that like no matter what projection system doing, if you're doing anything that's a math-based approach, you're gonna have like a lot of these players on your team. And that's because the pricing has just been so poor. So it's really frustrating. I do appreciate Jeff having me on. I, I I do think he's done some things to build up the industry, but this specific instance is very frustrating and it's hurting the industry because he's not educated on the situation that's happening and he's just flat out wrong about last week. Right.
2: So one thing I think that – do you guys have any advice that we can give to the people? Like these people that are just pissed right now, these people that are just rallying off Jeff. I mean, what can we tell these people to where they don't think they're getting cheated? Like they're just listening to what he's saying. This is the frustrating part for me because they just don't listen when you talk to them because they're so convinced that you're working with everyone. Wilson, I'll start with you. What, What can we tell these people? Any advice
3: for them?
4: Yeah, I think that first of all, if if you if you just want to believe the worst and believe that people are uh, pooling money, colluding, entering, and you know one person is entering in lineups across thirty or forty accounts, um, my advice would be to take advantage of it. Figure out figure out the way. Find it. Find the contest where you feel confident that a bunch of people are going to play the same lineup, and those are the contests you want to be in. Um, you know, if if you're, if you're really worried about the double ups, maybe avoid that contest. Um, but first of all, I mean, this is not something that should be a detriment to your bankroll. This is something that you can take advantage of. Uh, of course, my view on why people have the same lineup is because is what T was saying. The pricing's bad. Everyone has sort of got this group thing now because all these projections are getting everyone to the same place, figure it out, take advantage of it. Um, and then, and, and then just the, the, the bigger point, just as far as, um, worrying about that you know sort of the industry people in the industry have information they're colluding they they have more access to this than what you do so basically you kind of feel like that um you know the, these pros are sort of you know in this secret club and you're not you don't have access to it i would just say just to think about it realistically think about what, what benefit that would what, what is the benefit of 30 or 40 people pooling their money together or even four or five people pulling their money together and intentionally entering the same lineup in the same contest. And I think if you just think about it rationally, you you come to the conclusion that it just doesn't really make any sense. Um, yes, there are going to be people that talk and there's going to be, and, and by the way, there is like, if, if Peter, who's a great DFS player and, you know, bird wings or, whoever may be is a great DFS player and they're and they're communicating throughout the day, sharing ideas on DFS, you know, it goes without saying that they've got an advantage, but what I would say and what I did when I got started playing DFS, I just started trying to be part of different communities and, you know, whether it's daily Roto, slide channel or, um, you know twitter or just meeting people in the industry because you know i think i do think it's important that you know it, it is nice to have someone to balance your ideas off of and tell you why you're being stupid or you are running ideas so you know I, I think that most importantly i don't think there's really very much to worry about and but i do think that there is something to the fact that um you know find yourself find yourself a home base find yourself a community of people and you know and and just and and try to educate yourself and try to learn more. And, um, I mean, there's just a million places you can do that. So, uh, I, I just say basically take advantage of this situation by entering into these contests and then, you know, and then as far as this, you know, theory that people are doing what Jeff talked about, it's just not true. Don't worry about it. And then, you know, try to find yourself a place to go.
2: Just, just yeah, really? to piggyback too, real quick before, and then I'll go to you Pete, but, so, first of all, all three of us are from different, we don't even talk really that much during the week, we all play every day, so we're from three different backgrounds really with how we're playing, so we definitely aren't coming from the same place telling you this either, but another thing that annoys me so much is when people like start talking about algorithms and all this crazy stuff like that when, Truth of the matter is, I mean, I think I know most of the top players where I at least have talked to them at some point. So many people are going to Daily Roto or Roto Grinders or Fantasy Labs or Guru Elite or wherever, and the projections are all they're using. They're using the projections to get to get to their point where they got five or six teams they're choosing between, and the players they're choosing between. Now, hardly anyone I know uses some complicated algorithm that people just. I hate that misconception. Sure. Some people probably do use an algorithm. Most of the people I know don't, they use daily roto or fantasy labs or roto grinders or wherever. Pete, what do you think?
3: Well, first uh, Finney's comment, I think you his last point is really important. And you asked me that question because, you know, throughout the, you know, the history of the industry, I, you know, I've made a lot of good friends and certainly have talked DFS with a ton of people, you know, both, you know, on air and privately. And, you know, some of my best friends, that's, you know, that's how things have come about. And, you know, uh the three of us, we've competed against each other. We've all talked fantasy before, Um, you know, like that's just, that's just kind of the nature of it. And that's, you know, what, you know, Wilson said, like, that's been a lot of my process from the get go is like, you know, figure out who's smart, try to listen to them, try to find that good content out there, try to meet people in the industry that you think are doing really smart things. And uh those are, those are good things yeah, that's that you every can business. do. Of course. Like that's literally every business. That's life. That's like, you know, if you want to get better at something, uh, figure out who's the best at it and try to go learn from it or figure out the person that you can get access to. That's good at it. Like everyone needs a mentor and you know, uh, not to get too deep into this stuff, but the reason human beings are where we are and why we've taken over this world and have this sophisticated life relatively is because we work well together. Like we're social creatures. Like, we, we, have learned how to work together to solve problems, and that's evolved in DFS. And you know, you look at content now, and the optimizers, and the projections, and the communities. Like everyone's getting a lot better. So that—that that was my advice: is like do what you if you love this game, do what you can to get better. And pertaining to you know a lot of the groupthink and the echo chambers and the same lineups. Like there's a ton of opportunity in these different formats, and you know, attack where you can. And like the other thing too that bothered me. Uh, with some of this other, like, talk, it's like, of course, everyone's gonna do, like, one thing I've learned over, you know, my, my time in the industry is, like, people are gonna act out of their own self-interest. Everyone's trying to make money. Like, sure, there, there's definitely things you wanna do, you don't wanna cross any, like, ethical boundaries or whatever, but, uh, at the end of the day, almost everyone's gonna do what's in their best interest to make money. So, like, you have to evolve and get better, and, like, you know, that's the nature of the game. And, you know, DFS isn't, like, supposed to be a, you know, it's not free money for everyone. Like it's gotten hard and like you have to work and be smart to win.
2: Yeah, I, I agree completely. And just cause you're like the people that are losing, try to get better. Like, like these guys both just said, get on Twitter, get on one, every, every, every site pretty much has a Slack channel now. You can get in and like at Roto Grinders, you can literally get in an NBA, NFL, all these different chats. And there's people in there all day long talking about the plays, like the best values of the night, who's in and out, everything. Like, you know how much better you get just sitting in there? I don't care if you're working a nine-to-five job. Go in there on your lunch break and and hop in there for a minute. Like, there's so many ways to get better if you want to get better. Don't always think you're getting cheated. Like, try to improve. I don't care who you are. It just – it really upsets me. And that's why I wanted to do this with you guys. We didn't talk beforehand. Like, we just kind of – we wanted to go through it naturally and I hope people were able to get something out of this, but Wilson, you got anything else?
4: No. And I, that's a, just a really good point. I, I had no idea what you guys, I mean, well, I, I guess I had a general idea. Cause I've seen some of the banner on Twitter, but that's a good point. Like we, we didn't have any, I didn't have any, any idea what you guys were going to say about this. I just, it's really, it's really just common sense. So um, yeah, I, I think that, I think I'm, I'm glad we, I'm glad we came out and kind of aired this out because even for me now, it it, it has me thinking about ways to take advantage of this new sort of era when, where people are all using projections and stuff. Um, And I'm going to think about, I'm going to, I'm going to think about that more tonight, actually. Pete,
2: anything else before we have a chance to
3: get better, try to be unique. I've worked on trying to make my projections better and there's a lot of game theory out there and, Hopefully this issue will be put to rest, but uh, unfortunately this issue has <laughs> been around since like 2012 and just keeps coming out. But, uh, yeah, biggest advice, just work on yourself, try to get better. Uh, you know, you're not entitled to anything with DFS. Yeah, it's a tough game, but it's fun. And hopefully, uh, you know, you guys can immerse yourself in communities. And, yeah, we hashed out a lot there. It was, it was definitely good to hear it out.
2: So let's hop into some more fun stuff here. Let's get booked that behind us. Let's hop into what we like more than anything. I mean, one of my favorite slates of the year, everybody's favorite, Thanksgiving football right there with with Christmas hoops, with the March Madness, with a bunch of other stuff we love. But Thanksgiving football is right up there for me with my favorite day of the year. We got nice big slates tomorrow. Let's see if we can help the people win some money here. What, What do you guys think? Let's hop in. We got and right out of the gate too. We got big quarterback news earlier this afternoon, where the the Lions are going to start. I think he's from Purdue, right? This below guy
3: is that his name? Pete. That, that that's his name. There's a lot well, of puns. He's from P- Purdue, I think, right? Yeah, there's a lot of puns on Twitter, and he's <laughs> not been successful uh in, in preseason. And uh yeah, it's it's uh... a. <laughs> I don't know. It's an interesting situation because that was already a low total game. And now the Bears defense, I think, is going to be really chalky. It already was, but even more so. This is where I love
2: having Wilson on, though, because he's he's really good with spots like this. And I think he can help. So everyone obviously knows this. The Bears are mispriced on both sides. The Bears D, I mean. Everyone's going to like the Bears side because the Lions got some scrub guy, blah, 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 blah. I mean, I've seen this guy chuck it around the yard a lot in football in, at Purdue though. Like, I'm not saying he's a pro quarterback. I'm not saying any of that, but he's super cheap. Wilson, I mean, what can we do with this game? The spread's still only four and a half. It's back up. It's not like it's some crazy line move. I know it probably already moved a little bit anyways, but it's not like they're favored by some crazy amount and the Bears suck. Like, what can we do with this game?
4: Yeah, I was thinking about this first game and, and you know, if it was NBA and there's a, you know, a big player out of a center or a point guard, it's a lot easier for me to sort of deduct what that actually means than it is in football because I'm not, I you know, I, I don't I don't understand the mechanics of of what goes into a football game quite as well as I do a basketball game. And I think my initial thought on this game was, I you know, from what I saw last week from Trubisky, I actually watched a lot of that game because I was really heavy on Allen Robinson uh, which was good just the rest of my team's weren't good um i you know i i my thought was is that maybe he um you know maybe that offense with with Allen Robinson with Cohen had turned the corner and one thing i noticed they'd done is they they i don't know if it was intentional or not but i always thought one thing that made that offense really good was how they used uh Cohen you know sort of as that you know dual threat running back slot receiver it just sort of felt like things were clicking, and then you know Detroit's defense is not great, and I and I was sitting there thinking, okay, well, maybe we can sort of have a uh, you know, sort of a three-man Chicago stack, which might be you know pretty low owned, and you bring it back with you know Galladay or Jones or whatever it may be, and so now with this quarterback news, it's like oh, I don't know, I uh, it's I uh, it does take a little bit of my excitement away from the game i guess um you know i don't know i it's it's um it's one of those deals you just got such a low total and i and i do think that if this game was on a main slate you wouldn't really be very excited about it but you know it's a three-game slate and and, in some spot you've just got to find got to find a play that's not overly owned and um but you know, I, I will be honest. I don't know about this guy yet. I mean, P- Peter, you you're you know football man. What 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 do you know about this guy?
3: I just know he hasn't been that accurate. Uh, I think originally I was looking at this earlier and I want to make sure I have this right. I think he was cut by the Browns um, and then picked up by the Lions. And obviously coming out Driscoll, who you know is not nowhere near Matthew Stafford caliber, but Driscoll is at least an athletic runner. And I think we're seeing more and more value placed on like. The running quarterback, the analytics love, uh, guys who can run and obviously what's happening with the Ravens. Uh, so I do think Driscoll is at least a serviceable backup. And I think this David Blow guy is, is, is not good. Um, but I need to dig into it more. It's actually something I'm looking to more tonight. I do think this game actually has quite a few plays just because we, we need the value here. Uh, you know, Michael Thomas, Kamara, Zeke, uh, you know, the Dallas receivers. There's some there's some strong plays uh, in the later games and the value actually is pretty nice in this uh, Bears offense just because Taylor Gabriel is going to miss. So you have Anthony Miller, who's cheap, who's going to get a lot of targets, who's going to run a lot of routes. At least that's the assumption. And then uh, a preseason darling is this Wims guy, uh, who's you know looks like a talented player on paper. Um, you know Levitan and these guys are raving about him. I'm always a little cautious just because, yeah, they dominated preseason. They have good measurables, but there's clearly a reason they're still, you know, a backup relatively. Uh, but he at least looks like a guy who, who's a, a good plug-and-play. Uh, he's min price, So both those guys are interesting. And then the Bears' defense is just super cheap, specifically on DraftKings. So now we're looking at a situation where they might be like 60% owned. So there's probably some good value in fading them in tournaments, even though they're going to be the clear – you know, cash game defense.
4: Um, and was Anthony Miller – because I – once again, I don't know. Anthony Miller, this is his second
3: year in the league, right? Wasn't he – like, wasn't he pretty good last year? Yeah, he's a big uh, – he's, he's had a – He struggled to stay healthy relatively, but uh, I think it might be his third year in the league. He's 25. Um, okay. I could be wrong on that. But he, he's had preseason buzz, and he's, he's done well when he's been on the field. So uh and this year is kind of weird. He's been beat up a little bit. We've seen Gabriel do well. Trubisky's obviously been terrible and like clearly Allen Robinson. I mean, he's one of the best receivers in the league, so he's gonna soak up the most targets. But yeah, Anthony Miller got a lot of preseason buzz and uh has done well before and he's you know starting to be on the field. I mean, last week he had nine targets, six catches, seventy seven yards. The week before that against the Rams, he had eleven targets, uh, six catches. So He's really cheap. He should see a lot of volume. Um, Cohen's good too. Obviously, I think Cohen and Montgomery are both like considerations and the Detroit side is really hard now. I wanted to play Galladay, you know, these Thanksgiving slates for like, you know, basically my entire DFS career. I've locked in Megatron. Uh, you know, basically always played yeah. him and I feel like I've, I've played Galladay a lot over the years. Uh, so it's tough with Detroit now where we, we just don't have many plays, but maybe their defense or something. I don't know. Pivoting off this Bears defense will definitely get you a lot of leverage because with this news, uh, they're going to be super, super chalky.
2: So the, the, from the tournament side, though, so this is where I think my strength is in DFS. I just don't get it. It doesn't make sense to me. Like, this is the thing. I know everyone's going to play these chalk Bears. The Bears have been terrible all year. The spread's only four and a half. It's not like they're favored by 10. Everyone's acting like they're favored by 10 and they're going to kill this team. I just don't understand how no Detroit guys are going to be owned. The Bears are going to be the chalk D. All the Bears guys are going to be the value high-owned guys. And they're favored by four and a half on the road. Like, it doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, Wilson, they're like help me 20 out.
3: and a half. Yeah.
2: I, I just don't – like, I'm not – and I'm not even saying, like, I, I think I'd almost rather just completely fade it and play a defense or something. Or at what least if I'm going to play what the Bears. The, what's that, Wilson? What's their team total? I mean, it's and like, a half, is it a half. up on Pinnacle now? Like, not implied, like the actual
3: team? Uh, I haven't looked at Pinnacle. I'm sure it's, you know, 19 and a half, it's, and a half. It's super low. Like.
4: Yeah, but, I mean, let's just say to your point, Tony, let's say that Detroit scores 17 points and they turn the ball over one time. Yeah. You know, that's not that's not a smash for the Bears defense.
2: Um, right. that's, they're going to be like 60 or 70% owned at this, at this
3: price. Their defense, well, the receivers, I don't know, will be that high. I think they'll be – Anthony Miller to has to be. But it's just a pro- the problem is, like, we – basically, if you're not going to – like, the reason they're going to be so chalky is because people want to play Michael Thomas, Ezekiel Elliott, Alvin Kamara. And, like, yeah. when you start talking about fading these guys, then you're looking at some other just – Really questionable value. Like I think those three are are. locks
2: for the record too. Like I'll have those three on every team, but you can pivot to other, we'll get to other pivots as we go.
3: Like, yeah, there are pivots. It just, it's it's, there's some tough spots.
2: It goes back to our point though. I think on the, in the last conversation about the duplicated lineups and stuff, I think you can pivot like Anthony Miller to Traquan. Like, obviously, it's super optimal to play Anthony Miller in that. I'm not saying it's not. He's got more volume, everything. I'm not denying that. But when Traquan gets an 80-yard touchdown and Anthony Miller
3: gets you nine fantasy points,
2: you have a chance to win the whole slate. Right?
3: right. It's a great tournament slate. And these are, like, the yeah. Bears are a great fate in tournaments. Like, there's a lot of ways you can see the Bears just shit in the bet. They're on the road, short week. You still got Trubiscus. I mean, He's terrible. athletic, but he's been a donkey all year. Um, I mean,
4: yeah, it, it is sort of funny to think about Bears receivers being talky. I mean, that just sort of mm-hmm. sounds like a, a fade <laughs> opportunity. But to your point yeah. is, if you don't if you don't play him, you've got to play somebody
2: cheap somewhere. I, I like some cheap guys, so that that's the scary part. But I, I, I think Javon Wims
3: ones? on the Bears would be the better term, even though he's like popular to a degree in our bubble. Like you know, Ian Harditz is tweeting about him and Levitan's.
2: Who really did you crazy. say?
3: Harditz is talking about Javon Wims. This mid-price Bears guy. He I like might him be able, better than
2: Anthony Miller.
3: I I agree with that in tournaments. I think you play Anthony Miller in cash, and I think he's a good tournament fade.
2: So the, I just pulled up Pinnacle. We got the actual to, the the total was nineteen and a half for the Bears with yeah. a ton of juice on the over, though, and the the Lions is eighteen and a half with a ton of juice on the under. So they're kind of juicing you a little bit pretty pretty hard there, but. Mm-hmm. Wilson, anything else in this game? What about these running backs? So Montgomery and Cohen, I think Cohen's going to be kind of everyone's play on DK to go with those other two running backs. What do you think, Wilson? Yeah, I I mean,
4: my initial thought was that – my initial thought was Cohen was the play. As a matter of fact, I was thinking about the Bears early in the week. I was just thinking I wanted to play Cohen this week. And then, you know, of course, I realized that it's on the three-game slate and that maybe everyone else would – be thinking the same thing. Yeah, I, I just I don't even I don't even know what the prices are yet on DraftKings, but just the way I'm thinking about it is that Montgomery should be much lower on than Cohen, I would think. Yeah. They're basically running the four hundred
3: more four hundred more and you know, I think the projection's very similar, especially in DraftKings with the the catches Cohen's been getting.
4: Yeah, and people just love the ppr for Cohen, I think. Yeah.
2: All right, let's move on to the second game where we have, again, it's only a three-game slate, so there's going to be a lot of chalky-type plays. But like Pete said, too, there's obviously the big three on the slate, Zeke, Kamara, Michael Thomas, where you got to decide to get on them or get off them. And the quarterback plays in this game, Dak is just severely underpriced on DraftKings. So, again, we're going to have the same debate tomorrow about all the syndicates playing the same team because I think the cash team on DK – comes pretty easy. Yeah, and we're not, we're not going to give the whole thing on here because we'll, we'll, that would really do it. But Dak, I'll say this. Dak is severely underpriced. I think a lot of people will play him. And for 500 more, you can get Josh Allen, who is a lot like Lamar, who's been just destroying football. No one's really going to play Josh Allen, though. I, I kind of it's another, I like this slate for tournaments tomorrow. Wilson, what, what do you think of this game? I mean, first so they of all,
4: got, they got Dak at 6K.
3: 5'7". 5'7". Right. Seven. Seven. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. I mean – Yeah, 5'7", Drew Brees is 68, <laughs> Josh Allen's 62, Matt Ryan They're making 64. you play Dak in cash is the thing.
4: Yeah, so I think that when you get a situation like this, you just forget about the price for a second and just think about what are the paths to Dak feeling. And I think about – well, I think about Buffalo's defense and, you know, I'm not – I'm not – Evan Silva, and so I don't know exactly, but just from what I what I what I've through my own play this year, I think about them as having a very good pass defense. I think about them as being a little bit susceptible to run. Um, so right, just right there. I mean, it's a tough matchup. I don't think you know Dak at home. It hasn't really mattered the matchup this year, but anytime you can get a high, you know, a very highly owned player in a tough matchup, you know, you have to sort of consider fading it at least for. For I don't know how you get away from Dak in in cash games. Um, I don't think you can. But yeah, I think that you know, I like, you know right off the bat, I, I can see past to the Bears' defense failing. I can see past to Dak failing. Uh, if they're both going to be forty percent owned or whatever it may be, then. Yeah, it's gonna be, be way be higher.
2: No, yeah. no, no, it's gonna be higher. I promise. Like no. the team comes together, it's gonna be the same thing. I'm telling you. Like, oh, that team comes
3: together for sure. But <laughs> <of people laughs> you gone... know the
2: team I'm talking about exactly. Yeah, like...
3: teams have got people have <laughs> too smart though. Like in tournaments, like Josh yeah. Allen would never You're have right. been picked before, and now people are like, because I I mentioned that today. I'm like DFS Edge, like I'm like Josh Allen stands out like a sore thumb as like the tournament player. Yeah. Like, who's gonna pay 500 more for Josh Allen over Dak? <laughs> uh with Buffalo with the lower team total on the road, but that's how people are thinking now. And obviously Josh Allen, his distribution of scores are fantastic for tournaments, giving his rushing upside. And you got great guys to stack him with too in this game. John Brown, who's been an absolute beast all year, super consistent, finally had his blow up game. And then a spot that I love uh that is the classic, you know, CSU brand thing that I actually I really I do believe in this. Uh Cole Beasley revenge game. Uh which the revenge game it's different sport to sport. Sometimes it's all all noise, but I do believe there's some signal, especially in football, where, you know, these coaches and these teams, you know, they get to kind of decide where the ball's going in the red zone, which is obviously a huge part of the scoring. I mean, Beasley's been good, and, I mean, he's 4,700. I think he's interesting too. So it's not Steve Smith-level uh, narrative straight here, but Cole Beasley, maybe a, a 7 out of 10, and I think he's a, a pretty solid play. So
4: And the Cowboys have been – I mean, I think they're – more susceptible inside receivers than yep. on the outside Yeah, middle ball. of the
3: field. Middle of the field is where you want to beat them. And to your point, too, I think uh, Zeke is the the, the really good player. He's a tough, tough fade because the Bills have not been nearly as good against the run as they have. They've been very good against the pass. So they have probably, you know, it's either Gilmore or Tredavious White who's the best corner. And this would be one question to pose to you guys. A lot of people are assuming Tredavious White's going to shadow Omari Cooper. I think that probably will happen. He's really, really cheap on drafting, 6K. Uh, Michael Gallup's 5,500, who I think is a fantastic play. But Amari uh, going against, you know, a top corner uh, is interesting. And then also uh, Amari Cooper's home road splits when he's been on Dallas are insane. Averaging 29 DraftKings points versus eight, I believe, uh, on the year so far in Dallas. And that, that split is like the same profound, crazy uh, difference going back to last year, um, which makes sense indoors at home, Dak's more comfortable. Uh, so you have a lot of factors here with the Dallas passing game. Finney, just off the cuff, would you would you go with Amari versus the tough matchup? Would you go Gallup for a little cheaper? Dust off Randall Cobb who's actually been productive. And he's cheap too by the way. Five K. Yeah, yeah so
4: I think in, I think that Peter's right about and so in tournaments what I would say is that on the that I think that Josh Allen seems like a great play over Dak from a game three perspective. Gallup over Amari Cooper but I'm telling you that like the way that I've been shocked this year about a lot of these like real obvious game theory plays that they're so obvious that all of a sudden ownership ends they're up talk. yeah yeah it, it ends up being it ends up like like in my mind Amari should be like four times or five times as owned as Gallup but it won't be that and I, I think the same thing about Dak over Josh Allen but it won't be that either and so I want to I want to look at the projections around the industry for what they're expecting. Um, And by the way, I I think we've had a really hard time projecting players ownership this year. Um, I mean, I think it's been a really hard time Um, because I I start thinking about, well, what's what are the, you know, the percentage chances that Gallup outperforms, you know, uh, Amari and things like that. I don't know. I mean, I'm like, you I I, right off the bat, I just think on this small of a slate, I'd rather play Gallup than Amari. Allen over Jack. But, like, I I don't know. I don't know. People are all thinking that way. Look, look Russ Wilson.
3: Russ Wilson, week 11, he was the stone nuts. Everyone knew it. And he was low owned at the end. Like, everyone pivoted off of him. And, like, it's crazy, man. Like, everyone's gotten so much sharper. Another example of, like, just how clear it is that the industry is that much sharper. Week five, Will Fuller. The guy has done nothing all year. Back in the day, 2014, 2015, he'd be 5% or less. He's 30% owned as he goes for three touchdowns and over 200 yards. I mean. I was almost going to bring that up just a
4: second ago because NFL is, you know, way below profitability for me compared to baseball and basketball. The Will Fuller week was very sobering for me. When I saw that ownership on him, I was like, oh my God, people are too freaking good at this.
3: <laughs> and, and that's, what it's, that's what's interesting this week on this slate like i'm just very interested to see ownership very very interested to see the game theory and what people do and tony you, you've done a great job you've made some giblets and tournaments you're the showdown master which is like tony, all you game theory sure, like what do you yeah <laughs> Listen to you guys try to talk me up after. <laughs> no, the guy, I haven't won two hundred some thousand in a day in a while. I mean, come on. That Listen, nice.
2: I, I have some strengths. I think game theory is one
3: of them. Cash
2: games is definitely obviously it's not game. one
3: of them. It's a hundred percent game theory is one of them. I
2: think Dak is going to be. I think I agree with you guys on Cooper. Maybe sleeping sneaking through, but Dak, I see no way he's not massively owned. Like he, all the cash, he's massively
3: owned. Then he'll be with Amari. Because the other thing is, one thing I don't we have know to if Amari him... fits though, like are, are this people way, gonna though. fade
2: one of the three i guess that's the question can yeah. people fade one of the three the big three which i can't i have to play michael thomas kamara
3: zeke i want those three i need those three i'll get different yeah. somewhere else I, I i think all the people in the industry are but one thing we have to keep in mind too about the slate which is great is we have way more casuals than usual if, way, you the, way if, more. if you look at the volume thanksgiving is one of those rare days like we're in the middle i mean. Football is obviously the best time of seasonality, but Thanksgiving every year, people come out of the woodwork. And it makes sense. People are locked indoors with their family all day, and they want to, they want to gamble, <laughs> they want to drink. I mean, it's just classic no so doubt. I do think Dak is an obvious play when you just look at the pricing. So I think the casual person might see Dak Amari, but I don't know. The high stakes I was going to say this Amari to you guys,
2: think. though, too. I'm glad you brought it up because I really think there's something to this where more people play guys in that first game, even though it's a 37 total, just so they can get that good start and see their touchdowns go up early and see their winnings and show their family they're at the table eating their turkey, like, oh, look, I'm in first. I got this. And my-. Don't it's you guys think there's of the something game, to that?
3: The tout, tout life. Back yeah. Stack up the first game, take a screenshot. <laughs> and it's oh, even funner everyone, on Thanksgiving. Yeah, need to, everyone needs a player in the first
4: game.
2: Damn, that's the tough <laughs> <laughs> it's the best, and you know there's going to be people that fully stack that first game just so they can literally be in first place after the game, in a 37 total. But let's uh, let's move on to the last game we got. Well, you know, wait hold. on. Just, one yep, guy who didn't mention is the
4: Buffalo running back. Is he not going to
3: be low on? I think that's a. He's going to truly be low on. No one can play him. He's got to be low. Yeah, he's 5800, which is an awkward price and there are some reasons not to like him in general because he has lower touchdown equity with Josh Allen stealing carries, and you got fucking Frank Gore. going. Sorry for the bleep there. Frank Gore stealing carries, but, Vinny, I'm glad you brought him up. I'm a big Devin Singletary guy. I think he's – I like his talent. Does he, he benefit at all if they get behind by two touchdowns, or who's going from that? Hurt. Uh, it's not great. <laughs> he had six targets three weeks ago. Uh, last two weeks, two targets, one target. But that's game flow dependent relatively. So. Well, I
4: mean, who's their two-minute
3: back? Well, they're going to – I mean, the, 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 the thorn for Singletary is always going to be Frank Gore. I mean, Frank Gore just – they love Frank Gore. I just,
4: for some reason, I don't picture Frank Gore in the two-minute offense, but hell, maybe – you No, know, he,
3: he shouldn't be. He shouldn't be. He's, he's – he, they're, they're letting Singletary be that guy uh, on a relative scale. The score will come in occasionally, but their singletary should be in if they're down. Well,
2: one key thing to the slate, too, is tight end. We, we haven't talked a ton, but there's only really one decent tight end, Cook. So, I think Witten and Dawson Knox in this game should be oh, two Whitten. pretty popular guys. You don't like Dawson Knox?
3: Oh, I like Dawson Knox. I'm just saying Witten. I, I think
2: Witten's going to be the chalkiest tight end.
3: No, it's going to be Cook, I think.
2: On DK? Yeah. Oh, the, the the yeah. I mean, it could there's be. There's the I, one
3: lineup that has a cheap tight end for sure, but Witten versus Jarwin's another. I mean, that's an interesting one. And we now have Austin Hooper out, so Jaden Graham we can talk about in a second. We have Jesper Horstead, too. There's you know, so many like just crazy. No, no tight one's in. ever heard of Jesper <laughs> Horstead, so he's not going to be clicked.
2: Um, <laughs> I've never even heard playing. of him. I didn't hear of him till he just brought his name up. Oh, <laughs> I've he's, never even heard I mean, of that
3: dude. He's gonna play. He's gonna play for the Bears. I mean, that's, that's gonna be their guy. Another Bears guy? Jesper Horsted. That's how you pivot off the other guys. You go with Dusty Jesper Horsted for 2500. Oh man.
2: Let's move on to the featured game we got. Atlanta just pounded New Orleans a few weeks ago too somehow. New Orleans has to be mad. The spread is only six and a half though, so less than a touchdown. 48 and a half. Wilson, what do you think of this game? Well, I don't know. I, I that um
4: that game a few weeks ago, boy, that was.
1: <laughs> that was, was that not the back. most shocking
2: game of the year? That, that I think it,
4: Yeah, it had to be right. I mean, um, yeah, yeah, there was a there was a big situational stat favoring teams that are teams that have only that have not won a game or only won one game coming off a of bye week at home it's a it's a lot of factors like that and it's sort of lazy handicapping, but the against the spread record um well that was actually on the road, but that uh, maybe it was just in general, but anyway that situation was heavily in favor of atlanta, but still um it was it was really it was really hard to to imagine that happening um I get really um i always get twisted up on Michael Thomas I played him like every week last week last year and it was awesome. And this week this year I've unfortunately faded him a few times when it did not work out well. I always worry about like a game script situation because New Orleans is always a pretty sizable favorite. And but you know, the guy like gets there in the first half every week and so it doesn't really matter. Um I I I'm upset about Alvin Kamara because I've been playing him and I've been racking up yards and catches because like we touchdowns. Um so I, I think when I was thinking about also about maybe just building like some – maybe building like 10 or 20 lineups tonight maybe for 333 or the million Maker or something like that and doing them by hand. And, I and, you know, you talk about the big three. Do you think you could make a case where you just put two of the three in each lineup and just pray that one of them doesn't <laughs> go off and just sort of mix and match it? Um, I mean, I'm just thinking of ways to try to have some sort of different, differentiation, I guess.
3: Yeah. I want to get on that because I think that it, well, some people have that thought and people are talking about it. I think people are going to fade Kamara out of the, the three just because Michael Thomas's worst game this year is 16 points. And, you know, Zeke is much cheaper than, than Kamara. But man, I, Kamara is my favorite play on the whole board. So I'm struggling. I mean, like you said, uh Wilson, you know, he's been racking up yards and catches and yeah, the signal is very strong for Kamari. He's just had awful touchdowns. Oh, runs.
4: and, you know, and don't forget about all the missed tackles. You know, I keep reading about how many missed tackles he causes every week. You know, I'm like, He does. Great. I
3: mean, he's incredible. I mean, he really is, and it's, you know, he's had a touchdown called back. He's had a couple just bad breaks. Obviously, there is risk with Otavius Murray, and Drew Brees can throw to a lot of guys. You have Taysom Hill down there for some specialty plays. So, it's not like he shouldn't be – he shouldn't be scoring touchdowns like we saw initially from him, but – you know he hasn't scored since week three when he scored two touchdowns. And you know, look at the last three weeks, he's gotten 27 catches over the last three weeks. I mean, this guy's getting essentially 10 to 11 targets every game. Uh So I'm still buying that volume, and he's electric. Of course, well, a lot, last week a lot of those catches were on the last drive of the
4: game. When um, well, I guess they, no. I was about to say they were down by a lot, but they weren't
3: worthy. They were tied. Yeah, homicide the so. catches there. I, I just yeah. think. I mean, obviously, last week was a great game environment, but. I love Kamara this week. Um, so I have a, I've, I have trouble fading him, but I think most people are like, I'll just play Zeke and Michael Thomas. Uh, so the other guy, um, Go what ahead. percentage guy do you
2: guys three. think play all three of them on DraftKings? Like in the Millie Maker? Just, yeah, just a standard tournament Millie Maker, Yeah. Mm.
3: 30%. Play
0: all no, three.
3: can it can't, it can't be that high, can it? I think it's pretty uh, high, too. I don't know. I, I actually think it is. Because I think they start breaking down their percentages. Like, Zeke will probably be, like, 75% on 70% on or something crazy. They should all right. three be, like, is, If Julio's out, that only bumps up that percentage, too, by the way. And it, uh, I'm pretty nervous Fair. about Julio. Because hmm. then you only have you, so many spends. Like, you take out Julio, he's 7,300. Uh DraftKings specifically made the pricing pretty soft this week. Um, especially when you throw in, in that pairs D, <laughs> yeah. So the pricing is really soft. Uh, so it's pretty easy to fit all three guys and still have a, a solid lineup. Uh, just so one I point, point I though,
4: I, I don't, I don't, I've heard a lot of people complaining about how soft the pricing is, but I don't necessarily blame DraftKings for that because I like if they it. don't know, yeah, because if you don't know if there's going to be any value, then if you put
3: everyone at the normal prices,
4: you can't make a team,
3: right. Last week was hard, too. I mean, look at what – I mean, DraftKings last week was much harder to make a team relative to FanDuel, Um, and I think that normally drops volume a little bit. But, yeah, Thanksgiving specifically, you have way more casuals, and like you said, if you price everyone where they normally are, it would be very challenging to make a team. Who who runs more routes between Ted Ginn and Traquan Smith? Great question. I need to look specifically at last week. I mean, Ted Ginn's running those deep routes. Trae Kwan, they both have been on the field quite a bit. uh it looks like Ginn was only Ted on the field Ginn for been,
4: like, really good to me.
3: Yeah. Well, know, he's, about he's about as good of a guy to throw out there for, you know, a hopeful 70-yard cutter. uh He was on the field for 39 snaps. And Trae Kwan, uh he caught the touchdown last week, but I, he didn't have anything else really. He played 47 of 66 snaps. I'll, I'll try to pull up the route stuff while we're, we're here, but
4: go ahead. So Traquan actually plays a little bit more than Ted Ginn now.
3: It's, yeah, I mean, Traquan's coming off the injury, so we're, we're, you know, I think we have what, three weeks since he came off the injury? Two weeks ago, he, he played was, more too, I think. I think both weeks. He yeah, did. he played 40, he played 57 of 69 snaps when he first came back versus the Falcons. Two targets, one catch, 13 yards. And I played him, a lot of people declared him like the gold star tournament play. I thought he, I thought he really was a really good tournament play. Against the Bucks, and the guy plays 42 of 70 snaps, one catch, zero, uh, or one target, zero catches for the goose egg. And then last week, one catch, 13 yards, but it was a touchdown.
4: So, what are guys like that going to be owned at for a slate like this? Is Traquan going to be like 10%? They're
2: both at 7% on RG right now. Both Gannon and Traquan are both 7%. That's what I yeah. mean. Like, I could not play a Chalky Bears guy over one of these guys in
3: a tournament. I just – I couldn't let myself do it. Like, I just can't. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see if we get the Julio news because we have Julio out. And keep in mind, we have Hooper out. That's, you know, that that could change things a lot. Because Calvin Ridley's expensive. He's 6,600. Amari 6K. Gallup's 5,500. John Brown's 6,300. Those are kind of the, the tier of guys you're considering there. Ridley's the most expensive. Uh, oh, I yeah, think I, thought could, that, I
4: thought Ridley was the other – Julio was the other sort of Gallup-Amori situation, but I'm not sure about that. Maybe people certainly think that Ridley's sort of like the 1B there. I don't know.
3: Mm-hmm. And the other guy that we have to consider for sure uh, at 4,500 if Julio's out is Russell Gage. And even if, if he's not, I mean, the guy last week got 10 targets for eight catches 76 yards. Julio played the majority of that game. He was against Tampa Bay, but Russell Gage is out there.
4: Who, who, are pa- who are their other who are the other pass catchers for Atlanta if Julio doesn't play?
3: It's it's those two guys, then you're you know, giving some targets to Jaden Graham. Uh obviously Hooper was a big part of the offense. He's out. And then Devontae and Freeman's Colton's coming back. back. Right? Devontae Freeman's Colton. back. Devontae yeah. Freeman. Yeah, he's back. So Yeah, it's uh that's a that's an interesting game right there. Uh obviously has the highest total. Um the Atlanta side's interesting. New Orleans, I think everyone's going to play Thomas and Kamara. Do you have a preference out of those? Traquan Smith, Ginn? I mean, we haven't talked about Jared Cook, who's like the only tight end that most people have heard of. He's
2: outrageous on FanDuel, too. Like, he's 2K more than every other tight end.
3: Yeah. FanDuel, the pricing's actually tougher than DraftKings this week.
2: I got my favorite FanDuel play, too. Just I always got to throw one play out that, so, that Pete can laugh at me about and Wilson can make fun of me, but – it's only on Fanduel, but my boy Taysom is a receiver, boys. I can't wait to play him. So, yeah, I do. I get some laughs. I I. That's, get some, that's some just some a laugh.
3: classic, Tony, and it's it's not even bad. I mean, he's forty-seven hundred. Like I love. I actually really like it. So against I Arizona, the guy went for twenty-one fantasy points, three catches, sixty-three yards, Tutter. I think he I, ran one in, too.
2: I. Actually, I know it sounds crazy, but I think he has upside at that price, and he's going to be literally 1% owned, which I'm good
3: with on a three-game slate. That's a good Kamara fade candidate, right? Like you don't play Kamara or Breeze or something. Oh, I like
2: it. Oh, you don't play Breeze for sure. I like it with Kamara and Thomas because you get inside the 10, he he can throw it to either one of them. There's so many possibilities with him in there. I wouldn't play thrown? breeze with him. How no. many,
3: how many pass attempts does he have this year? That's a good question. It's gotta
2: be a decent amount. I mean, by a decent amount, I mean like no, I probably about seven or something. Yeah. I'll never for forget sure.
3: last year at that sports
2: betting championship because I'd played him all year. He, he literally, did you guys remember this? No. The, the playoff game, he literally threw a 50 yard touchdown. It got called back for a holding. And then the very, sure. the very next play, he ran a 50-yard fly pattern, and they interfered him. Two straight plays, he almost had a 50-yard touchdown, and both plays were a penalty.
4: Oh man! <laughs> it was was the worst. I, Just this is a crazy thought, but who is the um, who is the punt returner for the Cowboys? Tavon
3: Austin. Tavon Austin. Is oh baby, now we're talking. For- <laughs> 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 you know who else? Me? You know how much money I've lost on Tavon Austin?
4: If, so let me ask you this. If Tavon Austin returns a punt for a touchdown and you play a wide receiver and you play the Cowboys defense, do you get two touchdowns?
3: Yeah, double dip. Yeah, or. the double dip. I mean, Wilson, you're literally doing – this is like I've earned <laughs> so much money. Like, I'm not being facetious or like uh, amplifying this figure. I don't think I'm embellishing here. I, I bet I've lost million million on Tavon Austin, maybe more. <laughs> But I
4: like realistically, like I don't even know what the guy's usage usage is. Is is there a two or three percent chance that he has fifteen drafting points, or no, or no?
3: Uh, I don't even know if you have a projection <laughs> on him. <laughs> me, the hard what, part is, is he, is he, is he at he, running back now? No, he, he's, that's res- a, he's a receiver. B, B, Bales tweeted he, out the the go tweet. I mean, it's true. He's been playing the wrong position his whole life. I mean, the guy literally <laughs> has the best YouTube highlights of all time. If you <laughs> want to go down the YouTube rabbit hole, did he you know go to West Boston, Virginia? Oh. His high school and then at West Virginia, this guy made everyone look silly. We're talking 200 plus yards all the time. I played him in fantasy (laughs) in college. The guy was just the fucking goat. We're talking. I'm
4: just saying like he he gets a 50 yard end around for a touchdown. He
3: returns. I don't, I literally don't think we have a projection.
2: There's one in RG for
3: him. What do you guys from project I mean, like two
2: or something. I mean, he doesn't have a big projection, but it's in
3: there. He scored a rushing touchdown earlier this year. I remember yeah. that. I was it, tilted it, out of my it mind. A, it was a sweet play. I remember the play. Yeah. Yeah. The guy's electric. I, I mean, he's like
4: – I mean, why why have you not run, how do you not run two or three plays for that guy every game? I don't get
3: it. Dude, trust me. I've beaten my head against the wall and just burned so much money on tape. On, I mean – I feel like you know he's good? He's the most electric player I've ever seen with the ball in his hands. Like <laughs> – Ever. You're hurting me right now. I mean, I, seriously, <laughs> like we're talking like Tyreek Hill, Kayvon oh, Austin, no. who I, I mean there's not oh, many no. guys like, remember Deontay Hall when he played for the Chiefs? Randy Moss? No, I mean Randy Moss is just a man amongst boys. I'm talking like that quick twitch, like super fast, like jukes the shit out of people, Kayvon Austin, like. <laughs>
2: Wilson didn't even stopped. know what he was. Wilson didn't even know what he was doing, bringing that up. I mean, oh, he's, no, he's no, totally following him. I
3: didn't, I, didn't, I didn't know there. Was,
4: I, honestly, God, I did not know. <laughs> I knew that Pete's got a history with the Maury Cooper, but I had no idea about. David oh, Austin. this is this is <laughs> the
3: real wound. I haven't lost my life savings. <laughs> <laughs> Dave on Austin. Oh man, I used to, and I, I just remember so vividly. Like there was one week where I was just right about everything, and I had like. <laughs> Tavon Austin. I like got like fifth place in a tournament with Tavon Austin, like a big tournament, like the wild, whatever. Yeah. Tavon Austin zero (laughs) (laughs) uh, (laughs) on top of so many other, I mean, the number number might be higher than a quarter million. It's, it's bad. Tavon (laughs) Austin was a a huge DFS leap for a long time.
4: Well, I think you should, I think you got to get him back in the mix this week just for old time's sake.
3: (laughs) Just light some more money on fire on Thanksgiving.
4: Sounds (laughs) great. just a couple million makers or something. I mean, just. I know just he's a gonna game. house. He's one got now too. he's
3: got eight points twice this week this year. I mean, one week against the Jets, he sure. had five five catches, but I think someone Gallup was obviously out, and I don't know. He had the one touchdown against the Eagles, but last four weeks, uh Wilson here's his stats: zero fantasy points, point seven zero zero. <laughs>
2: There's always those random guys though. They're gonna go off on Thanksgiving. Last, remember that New Orleans game last year where there was like four random Saints touchdowns, like no name guys. Oh yeah, yeah.
4: I I do remember that, and uh, it reminds me of uh, just a couple of weeks ago after everyone told me that every cow told me how convinced the uh, route tree was or something for Tampa Bay, and I look up and he's Winston's completed re- t- uh, passes like nine different guys. And not one of them is Evans or Godwin. I was like, who are these guys? How is this even possible? There's always dudes on every team that like you don't even know about. that can
2: break. Where do they come from?
3: Oh, I don't that's know. The best. I don't know. Some of these <laughs> tight ends that score touchdowns or whoever, It's just like, oh man. We look oh, at the dude. stuff all week,
2: talk about it, and then there's still guys that we've never even heard of that catch touchdowns. It's like, where are these dudes coming? Oh yeah. From? No, you're <laughs> right, Tony. Like, there's like probably 50 percent of
4: these tight slates. There's some dude that like most people haven't even heard of that will
2: get like two one-yard touchdown catches. I hope his name's Taysom it, Hill if, this week.
3: If it's <laughs> if it's Tavon Austin, I'm gonna. Uh, I mean, I got. Oh man!
2: You know it's, it's gonna be after Wilson brought
3: so it It's So
4: funny that Wilson brought it up.
3: Uh, I'm, just, I'm definitely gonna uh, have a,
4: a Tavon Austin Cowboys
3: stack. What will be even better is if if, if Wilson just ships all with, it, on with the stack and I don't have him. <laughs> That's you
4: know, uh, I will be if I if I was to win a big tournament with Tavon and the Cowboys defense. I mean, talk about insufferable. I, y'all wouldn't even.
3: <laughs> oh, that'd be up. so so good <laughs> oh man all right before
2: before we get out of here we got to at least pick a game or two you guys like any sides here well i'll start with pete wilson you think up the real winners here pete who you got in these three games at least give me one one or
3: two winners i mean i don't freaking worried.
2: just tell me the bears or something with this
3: i mean don't give me the bears uh i'm i'm not the uh you know how do I say this eloquently? Uh, I can't. Yeah. If you, play, don't, don't follow these pigs. I mean, this isn't like the, the Wilson Twitter lock, which you're going you to be firing so,
2: off. I'm know. trying to remember who, I'll, no, I, re- I remember who this guy gave out one night. It was like Thursday at like midnight. And all of a sudden I see this guy say Utah State, Utah, St- no, San Jose State. And then it just said big. And I go in there and they're just pounding this team for me. You remember that Wilson?
4: Yeah, well, San Jose State, man, that's an underrated team this year. Underrated team. We all we <laughs> Dude, all do that.
2: You said you big, did... though. It said big next to it.
4: <laughs> well, I also said this Sunday, I said, if you do one thing today, i take the Jets plus three. Oh, oh
3: and, and they like, won my honor. You were on fire with the NBA. You, like, your, your, your Twitter picks there for a while. And yeah. the best part is, because, like, a lot of my buddies know uh, Wilson now, so it's so funny, like – Bird messaged me. He's like, "Oh, Wilson got out a sharp play, and he's like, this guy doesn't lose.' (laughs) He never loses. That's the thing. So funny. All these people hit me
0: up. I guarantee, if if we looked at his
2: plays, he's he's hitting like seventy-five percent on his Twitter page. Yeah, the key is just to only—you just have
4: to—you just have to be disciplined enough to only do the best plays. The problem is that that's not always the case, is it?
2: I know I am not exactly the best with only the best play. I dust off a lot of money with just random games. <laughs> yeah.
3: Oh.
2: Pete, give me a winner. I need a yeah, winner. I,
3: as do all of us. Um so man, I'm just <sighs> I got you I have the, the bet that I would actually make. Yeah. It feels like a fishy bet, but I like it just stands out like a sore thumb and it feels like the sucker bet is the Saints. Minus six and a half. I, th- I mean, I think I thought the Saints were the best team in football, but it's the second divisional game. They just lost to Atlanta. They
2: struggled, they struggled last Atlanta week too, to- a little
3: bit. I know. I that's that's the one that stands out to me, but that's clearly feels fishy. I mean, the other obvious one is, oh, bet the Bears are going be to <laughs> terrible backup quarterback. I don't know.
2: John, I hate the Bears. It I feel like- a- I-
3: square takes. Well, like, I, don't- I-, I don't think that taking I don't think taking road
4: favorites. Is all that fishy anymore? I think that actually the public loves home underdogs. It's it's like it's reversed from what it used to be. Pe- people think that home underdogs are just like, especially in prime time, they think it's just like free money. Um I'm not sure it's that fishy. I kind of
2: like that. There's no way the public is
4: not, not good. That, I mean, no, I, I think that's right. I think the public's going to have to be on the Saints, right? I mean,
2: maybe the Falcons game, I agree with you, but there's no way the public is on the Lions tomorrow. Not with uh, that do to a quarterback. You got one for us, Wilson? I know you got
4: one. Well, I, you know what? I don't, I really don't like you, you know, forcing me to pick games when, you know, there's not an actual good play involved. I will say this for this weekend. I, I, on my first run through the slate, I thought that a really good play looked like uh, San Diego Chargers. I think they get back, um, they get back Darwin this weekend. Uh, is that his name?
2: I'm the worst uh, person to ask about stuff like that because I freaking don't know. Peter, do
4: you know that – don't they have that that, that safety or the He's not out? even
2: sitting at his desk right now. He walked away from me,
4: Okay, well – He's literally he got was, his
2: shirt off right now getting ready to go to dinner. I see him with his shirt uh, off. Well – He might okay, be he thinking says, about uh, Tavon Austin right now with his shirt off.
4: <laughs> uh, about to say, I'm getting a little aroused to about that. <laughs>
3: Everybody in the pot, my, Ashley's literally going to kill me.
2: <laughs> we told him it was going to be a half hour, and we've been on for an hour and a half.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: She's
4: me is, is, the, is the Chargers safety back this week? Yeah, he is. I really like him. Okay, I, I'll just, I thought the best play of the week from what I saw early was the was the Chargers. I don't know. They were minus one or two or something like that. I think that's the best play of the week. Um, I think if I just – the, the one thing that stuck out to me, if I guess if I had to bet something on Thursday slate, and I will preface this by saying I am not a Cowboys fan. I'm a Mavericks fan. I do live in Dallas. Um, but I do think the Cowboys, um, I think the Cowboys make sense this week. Um, I think the Chargers, I mean, uh, the Bills are a little bit fraudulent at eight and three. Um, and I don't know. The Cowboys just to me, when you start looking at all the yards for play stuff, which I know Jason Garrett has a way of sort of interfering with that process, and
3: that's exactly right. Um,
4: uh, but it, just on a yards for play basis, um, comparing them with Buffalo, looking at the, you know, and in, in looking at the strength of schedule, and all that, it, it, for me, it's more like the Cowboys minus eight or nine instead of six and a half. I don't think they can get the line up there just because it's a big game and they don't want to cross seven and all that. So I, I think it's I think it's a very small edge, but I do think the Cowboys just by the numbers, I think is small, but man, Jason Garrett, I mean, he's really tough. I mean, I just, I don't like how he doesn't, he never, he never gets your team an extra possession at the end of the half. He doesn't use his timeouts correctly. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't go for it when you're supposed to. I mean, if you, if you give up four or 5% probabilities of winning the game two or three times every game, you know, it's just really, it, it gets to be frustrating.
3: That's so well said. Wilson, did you see him, uh, when he got asked all those analytics questions, because obviously kicking that the field there was, was just egregious, and he does that all the time. So, what, what did he say? Oh, he had no. He had like the guy brought up like the exact thing, like you know the Ravens are doing this, and he didn't even reference Ravens. So there's obviously all the articles, but like the guy asked like a very educated question, like you know you gave up a lot of you know winning percentage by by kicking that field goal, and what do you think about analytics? And he's like, it doesn't work for our team, and then made another just, like, very blanket statement and tried to change the subject.
4: I mean, I just – I don't I mean, I when people, it doesn't work. What do you mean? Like, it's not even – it works for every team by making
3: the best <laughs> of decisions. Of course. I get that. I'm butchering the quote slightly, but he, he deflected massively and used, right. like, generic, like, oh, that's not how we do things or whatever. It, it was just idiocy because he got asked very pointed, educated questions.
4: Yeah, so just as, like, because the Cowboys are on here every week, we get every game. Uh, and, and my son is a huge fan, I end up watching him. And, I mean, the way he uses timeouts just kills me. And then, like, you know, he when he punts the ball on fourth and one at the, you know, 50-yard <laughs> line and stuff, I just – I don't know if every coach is doing that because I don't watch as much football as they do basketball or baseball. But, oh, it just drives me insane. Yeah, and, like I don't, even have, the,
2: I don't even have the numbers in front of me. I can just tell you it's wrong, you know? Yeah, it's he's bad. They, they're so talented too. Is the worst part about the whole situation? They feel, like, feel like they should be like a top five talented team in the league to me. Easily, right? Like if you just look strictly at talent, they're they're right there with anybody.
4: Peter, you were all over them, wasting all that money on Zeke, and man, if they had all that money back right now well, for next year, And Dak
3: and Amari, it's so insane. I, I love the team. I think it's sharp. I think the. You look at the Bills, their their wins are against bad teams. They've done badly against good teams.
2: Wilson, well, this guy has a different shirt on now. He's had like three <laughs> different shirts on in the last two <laughs> minutes. He
3: threw on the wrong shirt. I, I <laughs> Ashley said, "You heard, because it's not something like that she said, they're laughing. They've never had my wrath.
4: She's, she's full, full Can you just see Pete, Pete walking into the den and Ashley just being like, turn around. That
3: that didn't work. No sir. No sir. She said full tilt. She (laughs) opened it. Oh, you hurt me right now. Oh, I'm 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 done. Time to go. She's
2: hanging. No, I heard it. We got it on there. Time to go. Yeah. All righty, boys. It 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 was fun. And Wilson, thanks. 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 I think we gave some good insight too. So hopefully the people liked it. Take what you want. I'm sure people will still bitch about some stuff, but I, I feel like we got pretty good clarification out there. Thanks, boys. It was fun.
4: Happy so was Thanksgiving, fun. guys. Have a good one. Yeah. Happy Thanksgiving to everyone else.
3: Yeah. yeah. Happy Thanksgiving. That was honestly awesome and, uh, good luck tomorrow, boys. Thanks, All right. boys. See you guys. Bye.
2: All right. As always, like I said, we're on our own feed over on iTunes, over on the Google store. If you like this podcast, again, print factory podcast, give us a subscribe, write a review on there. We're going to do some contests soon, too, where if you send a picture, subscribing and review we're going to give out some gear and some other stuff maybe do a contest but we try to do our best it would help us help us out a ton over on sharp side over on roto grinders just to see how many people are listening and liking what we're doing so give us a subscribe a like over on itunes google store thanks again for listening happy thanksgiving to everyone let's have a good day tomorrow and a good weekend should be back later this week with the normal pod But good luck to everyone.